Hello, and welcome to the Self Love Peddler. We have Morgan Schick here, and I am so happy that you are joining us today. Morgan is a former Ford model, a makeup artist, an author, and an entrepreneur. And Morgan, can you tell us a little about yourself? First of all, it's really an honor to be here. I feel deeply that um, women have to share their stories in an authentic yet concise way so we can recognize each other and so then help each other and support each other, um, but also be inspirational to everyone, to other women out there. So my story can be super short or super long, depending on how you want to go at it. Um, born in Chicago, grew up in California, had no idea what you know being a model would be like, was tapped to be a model, which is like that silly story you hear, but wasn't really a, a gawky, tall, skinny girl, was never thought, like went to my 10-year reunion and people were like, you became a model, <laughs> like that, not in a good way. <laughs> I think people were just like, really? I just didn't see it. Um, but became a model and then trials and tribulations of getting to New York, got to New York when I was just turned 23 or turned 23 in New York and um, was a working catalog model, not a supermodel, not an editorial model. I was too old by the time I got there. Um, but I was first tapped when I was 16 years old and it just had a boyfriend, you know, one of those things where he didn't want me to, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to leave him, blah, 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 blah. Um, so when I got to New York, I was a working catalog model and I had a mindset of this is a job to get me to the next level. So this is the job to get me to pay for college. This is the job to get me into grad school. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a litigator. I love a good debate. That's what I want to do. So your identity was not Morgan the model? Never. Because it was imposter syndrome from day one. I am thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. Your love centers are your main areas in your life in which you put energy. Our goal together is to encompass these centers with conscious, compassionate self-love so that this boundless and self-expanding love can grow into the life we have always known we were meant to live. Someone once asked me, what are you waiting for? This one question sparked the light in my soul. At the time, I was living unconsciously, without intention, without awareness, without love and balance. Bringing conscious, compassionate self-love to our centers helps us identify where we're placing our energy and where we want or need fulfillment. Now I ask you, what are you waiting for? Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers through conscious, compassionate self-love. But I thought, I'm not crazy about my curly, frizzy hair. I'm not crazy about all these things, but I will be the best model you've ever hired. So I controlled everything I could control. So I learned how to be a model. I learned how to project what everyone in the room wanted in their brain for this photo to look like in order for it to sell in a catalog. I was very precise. The photographer has an idea in his head, the art director, the stylist, the client, everyone has an idea. And I am going to see how quickly I can look in their eyes and know that I got the shot. Like, and it was film then, right? So it wasn't 8 billion <laughs> digital. It was film. So you, you had 36 shots, right? 36 right. on the camera roll. And my goal was to always get rehired to be the best choice they ever made. 
above and beyond whether they liked my hair or my look. <laughs> I was like, I can't control that, but I can control once I do work for them that they cannot find somebody better to sell that product. So that was my mindset. And, um, but within that, I never felt pretty enough, skinny enough, enough. Those things were really hard to control. So as a mom, so I always tell my daughters, you know, use your last two eggs, <laughs> like use your last eggs. And at the time, it was before there was in vitro. So I was literally thinking I was using my last eggs because I was 36 when I got pregnant the first time. And then I was 40 when I had my second daughter. And, you know, I had to use like an ovulation predictor in order to get pregnant. Um, and but when I did get pregnant, I was I had already lived this incredibly full, vibrant, all about me life that when I had my daughters, I was like, it's time for you. It's not about me anymore. By that time, I was on HSN and I was selling my own products. And I had my own product line and I was like building this huge company and trying to be, you know, a mom who was empowering her daughters and giving them smoothies every morning with krill oil. And, and that, I did the same thing as being a model with a mom. I was like, I can only <laughs> control so much, but this is what I've got. I've got you until eight before the rest of the world takes over your head, right? Because that's when you have, that's when you're very, your kids are. Yep. Very conscious of what's going on. And um, so I was like, I'm going to fill you full of vitamins, minerals. Your immune system is my number one priority. Your mindset is my second. And if I build those two things with morals and um, kindness towards yourself, but your immune system is badass, um, I can let you go into the world and you won't need me. It was like, I say this all the time. I was the Nanny McPhee of moms. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Absolutely. I, when you don't want me, I'm here. <laughs> when you do want me, I don't, you don't need me anymore. And then I can set you off and you, you see the product of that, right? So you've met Tessa and yeah, you see all of our listeners. If you listen to the first podcast, that was Tessa Morgan's daughter. Yeah. So. I love that you two are back-to-back -back starting off this new podcast. I know. It's awesome. And it's so important for people to understand that there's an actual mechanism to thriving as a woman. There's an actual mechanism. Like, it's not... Tell me. Well, there's certain things you can control. And I've kind of... I've written two books. The second book is called The Ageless Bible. And because aging is a gift, right? So we yeah. have to age because if you don't, then you're you dead. Know, you're dead. Yeah. And so that is not a great alternative. But you can do it in a way that you feel ageless, but it means that you are, con it's a trifecta. It is system, like literally how you take care of your body, surface, how you take care of your visual. So your image matters. Pretending like we do not live in a visual society is so a waste of time and not true. Everyone's on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So your image matters. And then your spirit and how you walk through life and what you talk to yourself about and tell yourself and how you manage your mindset. Are you a growth mindset or are you a fixed mindset? Like there's so many different people that you can latch on to to learn about how to support your best self. So that's my three. I, I mean, literally trademarked like system surface spirit because 
that's the ageless trifecta. If you grab those and you optimize them, you can thrive in any way, in all aspects of your life. And they feed one another because, yes. you know, you said back when you were starting and you were modeling and you never felt thin enough, you never felt pretty enough, your hair was never right. You knew you had all of these feelings about yourself. So that's your surface, right? So how did you shift to a place where you are today? Because I know now I did a little research on you and on Katie Couric, on the Katie Couric show, you said you can be victorious or you can be victims to the beauty industry, right? Exactly. So, and you are clearly at a place now where you are victorious and you were a victim when you had all of those feelings early on and you weren't, you, you had that self, that sense of not enoughness. So how does your system surface spirit system work towards creating a surface where you are victorious and how how could you help our listeners to go from victim victor to victorious so i think it's a mindset shift first so and it's it's tiny bites it's literally little wins throughout the day and that's the only way you can do it because if you think I have to overhaul my whole life, that is just so overwhelming that I think you can you constantly stay in a victim mentality because do you hate every aspect of your life? Like, are you in a relationship that you don't like? Are you in a relationship with your body, your food, your children, everything that you don't like? That's overwhelming. So if you choose, and I I do this every day, I choose to focus or to give a win if it's five minutes of starting rowing or a Peloton or if I do a facial, I have a at-home facial that I sell. I invented it 22 years ago. I've never had a facial since. I do the facial. It's five minutes and my skin, I feel prettier because my skin looks clean and these little wins that you can give yourself, gets getting something done, um, whether it's you know cleaning out one drawer, organizing one drawer, that's hard for me. I'm a, I have so much skincare and makeup and all that and clothes, and I'm just a hoarder in some ways. My hoarding mentality is out of a um, scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot when I was little, and I always wanted to take care of it. Like, I'm a crazy ironer. I iron everything. I don't want anything to ever be tattered, or I don't want to ever use something up. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I take care of my stuff. Like, I have shoes from 35 years ago. I have bags from my first modeling trip paycheck I ever got in France. Like, and they are pristine and brand new. Like, I still... But that's out of, you know, I know that that's a scarcity mindset that I think I'm going to lose it all mm -hmm. tomorrow. So I take care of everything like well, that really well. Is, I, what I hear you talking about is, you know, what I've kind of based my business on, which is love and the understanding that like love is a real thing, right? It's, it's around us. Like you can't deny. We've hopefully everyone listening has felt and received and given love. And it can be on every level from, you know, loving your partner to, to, to caring for your items and your, your surroundings. Um, for me, I, it doesn't, I don't necessarily take wonderful care of things like my shoes, but my home is, you know, I spend a lot of time on my home and creating a loving environment and creating a place and a space where people want to be. And, um, starting every day by saying, you know what, I'm right where I'm meant to be. 
and giving yourself that love so that you can get those little wins. Yeah. So that because when you start to send sort of like vitriolic thoughts to yourself and you start to to end to be in that toxic place or with the visual, if you start every day as a woman, which the huge percentage of women do, looking in the mirror and thinking you're disgusting, that heavy energy goes with you all day. So you can't do the little wins. And even if you do the little wins, you can't see that you've done it. Because you're starting from this mindset of not enoughness instead of love. Yeah, I mean, I do. I agree with you. I think um, self love is so hard to visualize. I think because, and I say this when I'm on air all the time, that my goal for every person who follows me on Instagram versus, and I think Instagram and social media absolutely has to be used for good. And there's so and much there's good. So much good. And I everyone who follows me and DMs me about their own personal, I jump on and write them more than they've ever needed to be <laughs> rewritten. Um that my goal is that every day you look in the mirror and you think you are getting a little bit better, a little bit better, one percent, one percent, one percent better. That your most beautiful or your most enjoyable days are not behind you Mm. that every day that you get an opportunity to wake up is a more beautiful day ahead of you and i can try and help them in those three ways system surface spirit surface being something very easy for me to give them you know get them a deal on an organic oil that i think has changed my life and it's yes it's it's commerce, but I have had the opportunities to be in Bergdorf's and Neiman's, and I've had the opportunity to be the next Bobby Brown, and I never took any of those opportunities because that wasn't my calling, and my calling was to be available and um, attainable for just regular women. That's how I started. Like I started on Maury Povich. I started on Live at Five. I didn't start on Oprah. Mm-hmm. This message has been consistent since the day I was doing everybody's braids when I was in high school on the gymnastics team. I literally got to school early and French braided every one of my teammates' hair on the days that we had meets. Oh, I wish that we had been together. <laughs> but that <laughs> was my goal French to make, <laughs> yeah, to make everybody look their best. Like that's been my, and I have been a service provider forever and there's so many things you can unpack Sophie wrong about that like what why did I need to be so needed there's so much messed up in there but but and I went I, I went to therapy at one point deep tragedy in my teen years and the therapist I kept going over all this stuff and I just kept thinking who cares what made me this way I enjoy this If we unpack it, we can find trauma in a million different things, but they're not useful. It's not useful for me Mm. to regurgitate trauma. I just never found use in it. I was like, stop. I'm moving forward. Well, that is the difference between therapy and coaching, which is one of the reasons I became a coach is, you know, the term coach comes from stagecoach. We take you from this point and you're going to that point. You tell me where you want to go and- you tell me what road you want to take. If you want to change directions at some point, that's fine. You are driving, but I am the one who's going to make sure we get there. Or rather, I'm driving, but I'm going to make sure we get right. there safely. You tell me where to go. 
Um, and I agree with you. Accepting the now yes. and moving forward in these incremental loving steps towards and seeing every day as a gift and every day as a, as a moment for curiosity and also recognizing that it's in the darkness when seeds sprout, right? It's, it's in the harder moments where we really get to grow and learn and survive and come out even better. And when you start to see that, nothing is scary, right? Nothing, there's no fear because even when things get hard, there will be an opportunity for you. You will survive. I always say lean into it. Right. I'm like, are you feeling upset? Are right. you feeling sad? Lean into it because it's only when you know real despair that you can recognize incredible joy. And that was, for me, on my body positivity journey, leaning into my feelings about fatness was huge. Like, really, Sophie? Okay, so why, what are you so afraid of if you were to gain weight? Like, what would be so bad about that? Oh, I know immediately that I'm still paranoid that I won't look the part on air. I have let go. You, It's hard to do that. I have honestly let go. And not only that, I now, I have started to see the beauty in the imperfections of my own body and the bodies of those around me. But I had to lean into, you know. I think both can exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's right, no, you know, there's no judgment here. I don't have all the answers. This right. is about the journey. Right. And this is about changing the way we think about ourselves so that we can change the way we feel about ourselves. Right. It's not about like, here, tune into this podcast and you're going to love your body forever and everything's going to be fixed. It's about discussions and it's about a collective movement and having these discussions so we can come up with solutions. And, you know, I love that you say I can be of service in surface. Like, yeah, it's commerce. There's nothing wrong with commerce. I mean, no. as women, we are not encouraged. I mean, if it was men here coming up with a, a, an idea in commerce that would solve something, they'd be like, pat on the back. Let me give you a fucking award. Right. But with women, it's like, I'm sorry I'm selling something, but I really do. I'm only doing it because I want to help you. Like, good for you, commerce. Like, amazing. No, solving a problem. Solving being, a problem and, and, being, and being of being service. Able- and also being in control of your own life right. is really important. Right. I I agree. I I just I know that I can love myself, but I also know that I feel um I feel better when I'm moving and leaner and mm-hmm. all of those things. So I kind of try to take the surface issue out of the system issue. Mm-hmm. The system is what is keeping me alive, and I know that when with movement and eating clean, clean meaning like you can still have all the stuff that you love, just do it in a, you know, no seed oils, no processed foods, no, that's clean to me. That's mm-hmm. just like you can eat anything you want as long as it's not that's toxic. That's what I subscribe to yeah. as well. can be hard for a lot of people. It's who- impossible for most of America because yeah. they live in areas that are that are nutrition deserts. They're not food deserts, they're nutrition deserts. Yeah, I Um, mean, a couple of miles, go up to Hunts Point, which has like the largest market for, uh, they they service all of the organic markets in in New York City up in the Bronx, but yet there's like no restaurant or anything but a McDonald's for miles for the community. Like it's it's not, you don't have to go that far to find a wasteland nutritionally in this country. And that is... I don't even know. That is when you think about like taking tiny bites, that's a hard one to tackle. 
we should be tackling that, but we're not. Well, we can't, we can't solve all the world's problems no, today. Not today. Not <laughs> so I want to just um, take a turn here and YMO. Your first beauty book or, or the first beauty book with no retouching. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Really I, proud of it. You should be. I did a photo shoot recently and the photographer and the woman who produced the shoot, I, I made them all agree to not Photoshop anything. And they said in the end, other people have asked, but no one followed through. I was the first person ever to not Photoshop. Yeah. Which blew my mind. My cover, the cover of my book is me and without makeup and then with just this kind of light natural makeup that I really believe in. I prescribe to obviously you can do dramatic makeup if you want if you're going out and I love doing like a well, sure. eye and a no red judgment. lip. But um I was I was obsessed with doing a non-retouched beauty book that I could teach women how to do, you know, all of these different techniques without with them to ha having an attainable after. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of, that's truly, I would say, that's my brand. My brand is you, authentic, but also inspired to be the best part of you. Like right. it's not, it does take work. It just doesn't happen. But pretending that we live in a society that doesn't care about how we look is just, it's just not productive because we do and we care. And our entire propagation of our species was based on, you know, looking at something and wanting to have babies with it to promote the species. So we, we may as well lean in and not be a victim of it, but win it. And control it. And yeah. control what, what is authenticity for each individual. And your authenticity and your narrative of beauty does not have to fit anyone else's. No. And, you know, when it, when we come to, like, finding the partner and what's – like, e there are so many – everybody finds different things attractive. Like, nobody wants to eat the same food. Nobody exactly. wants to have the same job. This idea that all people want women to look this one way is ludicrous. And this idea that that one image that's constantly dangled in front of us like a carrot even exists – you know, when you when you find well, it does. Some, sadly, I've seen girls that are natural. Well, of course it does, but <laughs> it's, it's annoying but it's, as hell. Well, you know what? But, but we can celebrate them. Yeah, Good for them. And because there's enough such celebration, a small by the way. percentage of the yeah. world there that we're trying to live up to. That you know, expanding our ideas of what it means to be authentically beautiful is something that jazzes me up. Yeah. And it's happening. It's happening more and more. I actually went to the store because I was going to do some Instagram reels looking at a magazine cover and all the horrible things it was telling us about our bodies. And I couldn't find one. All the magazine covers were telling us we were beautiful just as we are. So it's a huge step. Things are changing. You're part of it. I loved having you here. Thank you. And um, I would love to chat again sometime. 100%. And um, I'm in. You're in. It's awesome. In. It's been such a pleasure to have Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for you having more me. again.